Hey, I'm Elijah. And I'm Collier. And welcome back to the Hopefully Hopefully Wandering Wandering Podcast. Podcast. How have you been, Elijah? I'm good. Collier, this is going to be an exciting episode. This is. For many reasons. Okay, what's that? First of all, I don't think it's been announced yet since, you know, a couple podcast episodes ago, but... They found my car. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, they found my car. Oh, I never even heard about that. So what happened? Is it, is it fixable or is it? So here's the lowdown of what happened. Okay. Some punk ass teens raided the neighborhood and found the jankiest Honda at the end of the street and stole it, drove it till it ran out of gas and left in a ditch. LMPD found it in two days and just forgot to call me. <laughs> Until Geico was like, hey, have you talked to the police yet? No, why? They found your car a while ago. Oh. Wow. (laughs) So it's good. I mean, they're paying for it. You know, I'm just at like a $500 deductible in two months of having my car. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But apparently a lot of cars get hit these days, so they're backed up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So anyways... Well, I'm glad the, you found the your look car. on our guest's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I thought I heard something during our little uh, little intro. What was that? What do we have a a guest today? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that would be me. Oh my God. Yes. Who are you? Uh, my name is. <laughs> like we don't know, <laughs> and not like it says in the title of the episode. Exactly right. Um, my name is Brooke Bowling. My pronouns are she/her, and I'm Ooh. very excited to be here. Yes, Can we you? are so excited to have you. Absolutely. Can you speak some prophecy right now? Can I speak some prophecy? Yeah, speak some prophecy. What is the name of this episode? The name of this episode is um, featuring featuring th- at the end. Yeah. The coolest guest you've had on to this point, clearly. I'm just kidding. Oh, of course. That's <laughs> yes. the prophecy. No. <laughs> the, That's the title? Um, okay. No, yeah. the title, I don't know. The title could be something like, um, if you want to go clickbait, you could be like, we talked to a queer person. <laughs> <laughs> the queer episode. But honestly, I'm terrible with titles. The only titles I can come up with are academic titles, which usually have a colon and nobody likes them. So. Oh, I would like I mean, we, we can no, do a full... We do a full like 15 word with a cold. I'm dead. <laughs> the longest episode title. My titles are I have to like academic titles it's a thing because you have to make sure not to take them onto the next line which happens so often not with me necessarily and I'm not gonna like name names but people, people do that all the time. Yeah yeah. <laughs> well Oh, that's amazing. Yeah well we will see you know what we're just, we're just gonna see what this conversation yeah. turns into we're let it go. and we will try to brainstorm a title later, yep. um, depending on how this goes. Hell yeah. So, Absolutely. Hell yeah. I hell yeah. I didn't bring notes because no, 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 I'm not as good. prepared as your actual other good, good. wonderful podcast guests. It depends on like the person. Yeah. Some people like the conversation goes so much better with notes, but like this one, even if we had the notes, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be on. I would. I mean, we've already recorded like 15 minutes of just background talking while checking the mics. Yeah. So I think we're good. Yeah. I've, I've, the one thing that nobody says about me, who at least knows me, like in my current iteration is that I, um, (laughs) (laughs) is that, um, is that I don't talk enough. I literally never get that. So, (laughs) but y'all knew me back when that would not have been the case. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. So, you know what, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Um, just say kind of who you are. I don't know, like a defining feature and sort of how you know us. Yeah. So, um, let's see. I am currently a PhD student at the university of Cincinnati. What? Um, What are you studying? I am studying English. I'm studying a subset of English called rhetoric and composition. 
Nice. Which is really, really fun. So I do um, a lot of critical pedagogy, which is basically like teaching with a political bent um, behind it. I do uh, Appalachian studies, Appalachian literacy. um, (laughs) And uh, I do a lot of like queer theory and feminist theory and that kind of thing. It's just like all like rolled up into one package. Oh, that's awesome. That's so great. Well, did you know I'm a full blooded Appalachian? I love that. Yeah. I can hear it in your accent. I am too, (laughs) but I lived in Louisville for too long. So both my parents were Coleman's. Oh yeah, and yeah. I'm from Appalachia. <laughs> nice, love that. Yeah, my uh, my mom's uh, where the Appalachian in me comes from. Her right. main name is Renner, uh, and uh, so yeah, from Eastern Kentucky, from oh, Rock, Jeremy Renner, Rock Castle County, Rock Castle, Rock yeah. Castle County. I'm from Pike oh, County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we a, talked about yeah. this back in the day too, because well, like it was know, like a thing. But, that was a different person. Oh I mean, <laughs> no, ditto, honestly. But I don't own up to any action I took until 2020. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, it's very uh, Ryan Howard of you. <laughs> well, we we are all new people now. Yes. Yeah, we, we're made new. We've been right. made new. Made new. Um. So speaking of like back in the day, Collier and I have known you for forever. Yeah. I think that we've known each other since elementary school. Probably. probably yeah. I feel like I knew you. Yeah. When I was six or something. Yeah. Because you're a we, couple years older than me, I think. Yeah. So. I turned 27 this year. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you're years older than us. Yeah. Um. So because the first memory I think I have of meeting you was when we were in kids worship at mega church yeah, uh-huh, um we uh-huh. and i think you and i hung out with like we were in the same friend group for a little bit there which was fun i think so when we were really right. young yeah like really young i still I remember like you with the swoopy like blonde second hair grade or something yeah or third grade for me i probably or, yeah so i probably would have been in fourth yeah, or fifth yeah something like that yeah because mm-hmm. i did that particular little youth music thing for a while who knew um, so all funny. the stuff going on behind so the scenes. Right? It's kind of, it's kind of, Scary. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I've, Elijah, I've known your family for longer than I know, I've known yes, you absolutely. as a person because I think your mom and your sister were yep. in American Heritage American Girls. Heritage Girls. I wasn't yes. going to say unless you wanted no, no, to, but yeah, 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 yeah. That we were all in American uh, Heritage Girls. Too. It's Girl Scouts. Oh my God. Anti-feminist. Yes. It's girl, it's yes. Christian Girl Scouts. Like, it's oh yeah um it's a uh, uh co, co what i always i forgot the 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 word last time it's not egalitarian it's complementarian it's complementarian yeah. yes it literally is yeah and i mean yeah. i did learn some cool stuff but y'all i could do a whole episode just about american heritage girls <laughs> oh, we, should, we should do a deep dive on that oh episode. that'd be really <laughs> that'd be fun let's do that it's so interesting i have the founder patty garibay i have like her biography at home oh it was gifted to me and i've Nerd. never opened it so <laughs> you know, no okay. god no so so we've already got your second episode lined up right, right. absolutely hg deep dive. i'm so okay. sorry if the sound of my voice is annoying because i think you're gonna hear it again listeners dear yes. listeners um and then if you took a yeah. quiz about your spiritual gifts you're an ex-evangelical hey. <laughs> uh, and then elijah you dated my sister which is how we like connected yeah, a, a right. little bit older yeah which she did give my okay like the okay because okay, i checked it with her because she's okay, one of my best great. friends okay. she said it's cool like i said evangelical elijah regrets a lot right well and here's the thing is the way that i describe the evangelical community in louisville to my therapist is incestuous Mm. Oh, because <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, because it's true, but it's because everybody knows everybody has known everybody who's yes. related to this person who's dated this person. 
Like, Bro, like that's the thing. You think with the size, like Louisville has what? Like, does it? Do we have a million people? So many know. people. I don't we even. We have know. a lot of people in Louisville. Maybe yeah. not a million, but we have a ton. And I still like can't go into a store without seeing someone I know yeah. from when I was seven no. years old. Right. So. And and well, and I know Michaela's family as long as I've known your family, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like I was like my I've spent the night I spent the night at Michaela's house in like elementary school. <laughs> Which is so funny because then she got way cooler than me too. Your wife is very cool. <laughs> she, <laughs> she is so cool. She's so she, cool. Yeah, she became a badass quickly because she knew herself well. Love so, it. Love yeah. it. We we love a queen. Yeah. Um, and so we recently reconnected yeah. at, uh, Brooke, do you want to say where it was? Yeah, it was at the Simler concert. Simler? The Simler concert. Right. <laughs> yeah. The Simler concert. When Reliant K was there. The same yeah. concert featuring I, Reliant K after this. Here's, here's the thing is, I think y'all went for Reliant K, right? Yeah. I went for similar. Yeah, that, mostly. Like, but, I mean, we... We, we really went because it was the, the two of them. You yes. Know? Yeah. Like I'd seen Reliant K several times, but I really wanted to see similar to love, love her. Yeah. Y'all talked about Bethlehem on like one of your early episodes. And that is on my religious trauma playlist. It is one of my favorites. Oh, we did, didn't we? It's yeah. So good. Yeah. My favorite right now, I'm skipping to the end of the episode, but my favorite <laughs> song of hers right now is You're Not My Friend. Oh, so yeah. Good. Oh, that's a good one. It's yes. sassy. Yes. It is. Spicy. Love. I love I know. it. So, yeah, um, petition to get similar to the Dove Awards again. Uh, so. Love. Wait. Yeah. Did, did they actually play at the Dove Awards? Similar is trying to, uh, wasn't invited because they're queer. Of course. Basically. <laughs> they, they, they submitted themselves for like new, best new artists and said they weren't ineligible. Like they were ineligible for it. Ooh. And now, so I just saw a TikTok from Similar earlier and they were like, yeah, if uh, I still want to go, so if anybody's going, like Toby Mac or something, you want to take me as a plus one? Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, I'm not even surprised by that, but that's really disappointing. Yeah, but we well, yeah. have some people boycott like the devil. Like Toby Mac's gonna be like, you know what? If you're not gonna have similar, I'm right. Own. They won't. But, yeah, you know, they won't. No, <laughs> because they only care about. Well, honestly, most of the cool ones probably like Reliant K and like Switchfoot mm-hmm. and like a lot of those guys have are probably not related to Devil Wards anymore. They like I- completely disassociated from that i was gonna say bold of you to assume that a lot of ex-evangelicals watch the dove awards <laughs> like no but yeah so we ran into each other at the similar concert and i was like flabbergasted because did not expect to see y'all there and then mm-hmm. was kind of like not really sure where y'all were <laughs> because you don't know when you run into yeah, people uh-huh. from oh, yeah. the it's old like, days. You well, know? you were like, are you safe? Yeah, like, <laughs> I was like, you do. You have yeah. to kind of suss it out. I mean, I well, assumed. I mean, I was, but- I mean, the last place that you would see me probably was like working on staff with your sister mm-hmm. at, at or your sister was like volunteering with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. She was so, drumming. And yeah, I think yeah. that was the last time. And the last time I saw you, I, I don't even know, Elijah. Like <laughs> it was a, it was, um, yeah. there's no telling. So I did, I saw y'all and was like, <laughs> didn't know because I didn't know about your podcast. Cause, right. um, and as much as I had heard through the Christian grapevine, like, which is a thing. It, it um, is, it's bad. I had not heard about like the deconstructing and all of that. And so, you know, when we got to talking, it was really, really fun. And I'm, and then you said you have a podcast. I was I like, know. hell yeah. And so it was I think great. It was like when we first started to like that. Was that the beginning of this year or something? That was, um, or was it the end of March? Last year? It was the end of March of this end year. Of March of this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have probably, maybe put out a few episodes mm-hmm. at that point maybe yeah <laughs> we were probably like six or seven in because right? i think yeah. elijah texted me and said hey you want to start a podcast in december so I it was like that. yeah it was march or april of this year yeah um so it was it was it was fairly recent and and then um 
uh, you added me to a group text and then I'm was really flaky because um, I've working. It on, happened now. I'm working it on a PhD. Now. At least you followed through. <laughs> unlike yeah. most of the oh. pastors who say, can we go get coffee? Facts. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Also True. a great similar song. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was great. I'm really glad I ran into y'all and um, I've really enjoyed listening to other, uh, the other episodes y'all have put out. I know that's, I'm so glad you ran into us as well. And now we get to have you on this. Um, and now we get to put you through a little bit of hell. I'm so excited. Have you played the hot Especially seat? Especially because this room has no central AC. It's uh, really it's, hot. You know, I am a walking furnace and I'm actually comfortable. It's not wow, that bad that's in good. here. Yeah. Normally I'm way too hot for everything. So, um, that's a brag. Well, you okay. Brag. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I'm just my uh, hot constantly just overheating, but no, it's fine. But this seat is hot. So I'm ready. Yeah. 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 Let's go. Okay. Uh, I guess I will do the first one. What is the worst job that you've ever had? Mm. Oh, that's tough. Um, I did work at Cracker Barrel for a short amount of time. Oh, me too. Yay. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting. I wouldn't say it's the worst job necessarily, but it was uh, a very interesting job. Um, so I'll just say Cracker Barrel, but I met a lot of good people. So if anybody who knew me then is listening to this, I still love you. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> it's Saturday night and you're out with your crew. What are you drinking? Um, probably a beer. But a craft beer, because I'm annoying and I'm Spe- from Cincy. Be specific. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, what de- kind of craft beer? It depends on the brewery, because I'm from okay. Cincy and, and there in, are so in many. The, in the heavenly realm of every drink. I'm dead. Um, <laughs> I usually go for something like a little bit, sometimes fruity or weedy. I'm not a big fan of IPAs, but I can get with an IPA if it's like a fruity IPA or one that's yeah. heavy on the citrus. Yes. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I only like those IPAs, but yes. the other ones, yeah, I just can't do it i've tried to but yeah I it's I, I like can drink it but it's not my favorite so probably a beer uh what's your dream vacation destination ireland 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 me and john are actually planning a trip to ireland hopefully sometime next year because he's been and i haven't and um so yeah that'll be fun if we can make it happen what christian artist are you still ashamed that you like I really don't listen to any Christian artists anymore. I mean, similar would be the only one, and okay. I don't even know. I mean, similar because like I, they're definitely Christian. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. So, that's Maverick fair. City, like the instrumentals of okay. those worship, because they're kind of gospel. Like I still like the gospel genre. Okay, even if the lyrical content is BS. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I think the only artist I could I listen to who could be qualified as Christian would be similar. So. Okay, okay, good. Uh, what sport would be the funniest to add a mandatory amount of alcohol to? Oh my god! <laughs> I'm obsessed with that I found, question. I found the new site, so these I are love okay. it. Okay. I okay. love okay. it. Um, probably golf, honestly, because you're supposed to drink. <laughs> When you play golf already, yeah. so if you got everybody drunk to play golf, it would be really funny. <laughs> oh, I've says you only drink when you're losing. I've definitely had too many in golf, and mm-hmm. it's so fun. <laughs> I don't golf, but John does, and I like to ride around in the cart and drink beer. <laughs> that's like that's the, my favorite part about golf, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna swing stuff or exert myself, but I will drink beer. Uh, sloppy, wet, or unforeseen? 
Oh, sloppy wet. Yeah. Because unforeseen is a little rapey. It is a little yeah. rapey. Like it's not, it's, it doesn't take consent in because unforeseen um, implies consent, which is like gross. So even though sloppy wet makes me feel uncomfortable, I prefer it to unforeseen. Yes. I, I repent for all the times that I let it using unforeseen. That was wrong. <laughs> yeah, that, it's like, I was in sin. I confess. I was in sin. <laughs> it's not something I feel like you think about in the moment, but then later on when you learn about consent, it's like, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Um, if you could ask God one question, what would oh, it be? Oh, if I could ask God one question, what would it be? Um... My hot take is it depends on what version of God you're having yeah. me ask the question to. <laughs> let's, just, let's just assume with this question that there, let, let's just assume there's a deity, mm-hmm. okay. not necessarily any characteristics, not the biblical deity, but just okay. a deity that's like created everything and is sort of, yeah. sort of in control. Like just a, yeah. Yeah. A, a deism kind of amorphous God. Like okay. What, I hear yeah. you. Um, I don't know. Probably the basic, what happens after you die? Like, I know that's probably boring, but I'd like to know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Burgundy. Oh, burgundy. Ooh. We got a bougie answer right nice. there. Love it. Maroon, like, love it. It's the color of my nails right now. Ooh. It's fall, almost. It's close enough where I can finally wear fall colors oh, again. Oh, I know. So the other day, I went to Speedway and got what I thought was like a blueberry cake donut from the little Krispy Kreme thing mm-hmm. in Speedway. And it turned out to be one of their, like, pumpkin cake donuts. And oh my God, my, my body, like I tricked my body into thinking it's fall. And now my body wants it to be fall, <laughs> but I'm so try- close, buddy. I'm trying so hard mm-hmm. not to get my hopes up because I know it's going to like yeah. shoot back up in the hundred degree mark soon. So. That's my secret call year is I all, my body always thinks it's fall. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you feel about pineapple on pizza? Always love pineapple on pizza. I agree. I love it's pineapple delicious. pizza. It's I mean, not like every I think, time. I think you but... can definitely do it wrong, but mm-hmm. if you do it well, then yeah. yes. I my pizza order is uh, controversial, but I only get pineapple on pizza when I get it by myself because John doesn't like it. Uh, beach or mountain vacation? Mountain. Mm. Yeah, the sophisticated choice. Well, I burn easily. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hundred SPF barely does it for yeah. me. So. <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite curse word? Mm, probably fuck. Yeah, no. fuck. <laughs> we gotta have someone say probably frick. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know. I feel like so many of your guests have said that, but I do. It's so versatile. It's, it's a so verb. Versatile. It's a noun. Yes. It's an adjective. Like it's it's perfect. You can yeah, you can use it for almost anything. Yeah. However, like I, I found myself sometimes putting it in the wrong like order in mm-hmm. a sentence and then that can drastically change what you mean yeah especially if you're talking about people so. yes yeah that's <laughs> yes. fair my favorite it's so good my favorite addition to fuck just so i can like make it interesting mm-hmm. is fuckity bye <laughs> like fuckity bye <laughs> i've never heard that that's good yeah. i haven't heard it that's either. good yeah um so that'll be our new sign off i love it fuckity bye well if we're asking the legacy questions what's your favorite flavor um my favorite flavor that's tough because i like lots of different flavors i like pumpkin spice things because um Mm. life is short and you should eat things that taste good um if only it could be fall all yeah times yeah but i also like caramel caramel's just a good like go-to good flavor so seems like so yeah you are an autumn girl then oh yeah yeah. oh yeah maroon burgundy 100 caramel yes love fall John and I had fall colors at our spring wedding. That's how much I love fall. 
Also, John is my spouse. I'm just using his name as though yeah. people can know yeah. who I'm talking okay, about. Okay. John is my spouse. <laughs> um, what? Oh, uh, what's your what's your favorite TikTok sound right now? My favorite TikTok sound. I really like the. I've not been on TikTok in a bit, but I really like the. Here comes the boy. But yes. I like the gremlin version of yes. it as well. Hello, boy. <laughs> Yes, exactly. It. Here comes the boy. Like that's just iconic. Are you in the goblin core? No, but um, I enjoy like, absurdity. I am a goblin. Yeah, I enjoy I absurdity. Babies. <laughs> yeah, not so much, but I do enjoy absurdity. So that's that's one of my favorites. Absurdism. We yeah. know Absur- all mm-hmm. about we love that. absurdism. Yeah, we love absurdism. It's, yeah, it's it's fun. I like the uh, the just random random sounds like that. Is it? it- Oh, it's my okay, okay. Um, celebrity crush. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, he, him, they, them, who, any, anyone. Yeah. No, I'm trying to think of the first. Well, okay. So my true first celebrity crush was Adam Young from Owl City. Um, <laughs> my Good. second celebrity crush, which happened very quickly in tandem, was Demi Lovato. Mm, okay. Yes. And so, what? When would that have been? Like. Late 2000s, like late aughts that Probably, time? Or? Yeah, I heard, I, I re- re-realized that Fireflies came out in 09. Did it really? Yeah. Oh, I could have sworn that was like oh, 04, 05. Yeah, I know. I wow. was, it's not as old as I thought it was. So huh. yeah, probably like mid-aughts, yeah. like late aughts. Speaking of Al City and relevancy, uh, did you listen to their Smash Mouth remix? God, no, I did not. I'm going to have to now. Do you know what I'm talking I, about? I don't, I don't think so. They, no, this is legit. This is real. They like teamed up with Smash Mouth like this year and did a remix of All Star. That's the most bizarre <laughs> thing I've ever I'm heard. Not, I can't make this up. That's so funny. I'm going to have to look that up. I had no idea. It's in the story, listener. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> if you're listening yes. on Wednesday. <laughs> um, what is your most useless skill? My most useless skill. Um, I don't know. I can pick up pens with my feet. I don't know if that's a skill or something everybody. Can I think do, that's useful. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's useful. Is you that know, useful? Like you drop it and like, yeah, like I can, you know. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Can be pretty useful. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I think that's that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> you're, your, you're a useful person. You yeah. have only useful skills. <laughs> What's your favorite app on your phone? My favorite app, and on you my can't phone? say the Bible app. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh gosh, I honestly don't even know. Probably Snapchat because I'm uh, a cuspy, and so I use Snapchat mm. still. I don't know if that's a thing that like Gen Z does, but yeah, it is. Okay. Does yeah. Gen Z Gen Z uses Snapchat? I don't. Yeah. I don't keep track of what's cool anymore. I I, I use Snapchat the most yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, no they do. They yeah. do. I love the Gen Xers that only use Snapchat too now. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Well, yeah, yeah. Do, do, do you have any more, Claire? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we could end on this one, I guess. Okay. Uh, how would others describe you in a few words? Loud is probably the primary <laughs> one. Um, uh, I don't know. That's so honestly the one people use to describe me the most. Loud. Uh, I'd like to think friendly, um, gregarious. And that's a good word. Probably, um, probably thought, probably thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean like gregarious, loud and, um, uh, a good listener. I'd like to like to think. Awesome. Awesome. 
It seems like loud and a good listener wouldn't go together, but you know. <laughs> but but you weirdly are. Though. I mean, th- yeah, that definitely does though, because it's like it's like active listening, you know, mm. and it's yeah, you're you're adding more to the conversation, but then helping someone also like get their story out more. So cool. Yeah, thanks. That works. So we probably have like a second podcast worth of material that we've talked about at the Reliant K similar show mm-hmm. and before this podcast. <laughs> um, but I need to preface this by saying that. Um, Brooke almost single-handedly began my deconstruction process. I have to confess to you right now in this moment. Which I've never heard this. I had no idea. I've not heard this either. Okay, I remember I came over to y'all's house with Janae at one point, and you were out on the porch talking about going like the, back to Johnson or whatever at the time. And you were like, uh, we, we were talking about like, abortion i think it was Mm -hmm. and you were like well i'm actually pro-choice i'm like how can you be that how can you do that (laughs) right (laughs) and after we made the jokes about well you know god killed a lot of babies Mm -hmm. (laughs) did make that joke yeah you were like okay think about this what's more loving you know being pro-life and forcing people to carry to term like babies that are in horrible circumstances mom's lives dying or you know uh, you you ban the abortion and also like they go get the back alley abortion blah 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 and you made me really like have this really tough debate with my faith I'm like but that kind of makes sense though but that goes against yeah. like what I've been taught through evangelical culture and like that sat with me and then I told Collier then about told it me. at the gym yeah no it was in your room it was in my room okay yeah, but we talked it was, about uh, it at the gym. it might have been like your fall break 2016 that Something sounds like that. right it was like yeah, yeah around that time. We did talk about it at the gym too. Yes. Yeah. You, at the you gym were too. really into the gym for like a. I tried, man. Random time. I tried. It didn't work out. We, we've all tried. I don't yeah. know if anyone stuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> a few people do. But, but anyways, like uh, we, we talk about like we were given the tools to deconstruct very, very early. Mm-hmm. Like the evidence of your faith and like, oh, well, we have to have evidence for our faith. But why doesn't the faith have to have evidence? And so like you started us on that path, but you started also pre-deconstruction queen too. That's so interesting. I did not know that. That's so cool. Well, I'm so glad wow. that that was helpful. Like, yeah, absolutely. That's really, really cool. So you yeah. see like the game of telephone that's been played. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So really Brooke started this podcast. Brooke, yes. Brooke is responsible <laughs> for the podcast, <laughs> which means I have to be your third host. So right? okay. <laughs> I'm jonesing for that spot. y'all. <laughs> um, that's so, so like me telling you that you talked about that with Collier and then yeah. that like helped us. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And now yeah. we're godless atheists. Oh, that's, right. that. too. That, that's There's something to be said about these small conversations you have with people so like if you are in a position where you think oh it's hopeless to try to have a conversation with someone because they're never going to open their mind i can the second i thought this or the second i started kind of going down this path like last year or however long it's been now i um i immediately thought back to a lot of those conversations there's one with you there's one with another friend on instagram who like i saw that she was pro-choice and i was like hey just wondering like how do you reconcile that you know with christianity and she like really thoughtfully typed out like three, four paragraphs to me. And, um, that was just one issue, mm-hmm. but like there was lots of little snapshot snapshots of small conversations I had that, you know, sort of opened my mind to different stuff. And that can be really powerful. You know, even if you don't think it does, cause yeah, I mean, you would have had no idea that 
that your little comments, your little uh, discussion late night on the porch would lead to this. Butterfly effect right there. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. That makes me feel really good, honestly, because I was deconstructing at that point as well. And so it's mm-hmm. like me deconstructing also like helped y'all be who are a little bit younger than me just like you said, kind of that telephone, and that's so cool. Yeah, you're giving the evangelical pastors fire, though, because now they're like, these young people, they're deconstructing, and <laughs> it's spreading like a wildfire through right. our community. Right. Dude, I know. That's You know, I've, I've thought about that, too. I'm like, I don't want them to be right that, like, being more liberal turns you into an atheist, but, like, it, it kind of do. If though. you look at my story, I mean. Well, and here's the problem with evangelicalism is if you teach that the world is black or white, as soon as any gray is introduced the whole thing falls apart oh totally totally yeah you know because there are a lot of people who are like more progressively christian or grew up more Mm -hmm. progressive who are able to reconcile some of those things with their faith because they're not taught the world is black or white and those are your two options they must have a stronger faith in some sense (laughs) no not at all it's just everybody has different experiences well i mean like i mean i think think everybody i don't know i mean i guess (laughs) i don't know this is a different conversation maybe, but I don't know if belief is a choice really. You know, I think that you're, you're compelled by Mm -hmm. the evidence that you see and you're compelled by what you, um, I guess, yeah, evidence and stuff to make you believe. And some people find certain parts of evidence more compelling than maybe we do, Mm -hmm. which is fine. And like, I'm so thankful for the Christians that do, um, you know, keep their faith and like have these really good conversations and try to better it. Like I've listened to lots of podcasts. I mean, Theo Bourbon, the one we had on, like they, both of them are Christian and they like have an awesome viewpoint and there's all kinds of really great podcasts out there that maybe came from a fundamentalist view, but are like deconstructing it and Mm -hmm. helping you see the gray and see how you can look at the Bible in a much, much different way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's totally possible and totally valid. Everybody's, it wasn't our story, but it's valid. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily mine either. It's just, it's so interesting. Like you said, like belief in many ways is not a choice. It's you believe what you believe based on what you experience and what you see. And, you know, if you, uh, I remember in some of your early ep- earlier episodes, y'all were talking about like how it's so difficult to see Christianity like separately from that really intense black or white viewpoint, you know? And I think that that is one of the dangers with people talking about, faith as being this black or white fundamentalist thing is then you, you know, when you want to deconstruct or you want to figure out what you believe, it's got all this baggage with it as well. And, um, so I don't know, it's, I think that everybody's journey is different and valid. And I just, I think it's so interesting how different being raised in different viewpoints can lead you to lead different people to different places and lead different people to the same place sometimes too, which is also cool. Absolutely. Well, speaking of different journeys being equally valid and beautifully different, why don't you tell us a little bit about yours? Because we know a good bit about it, but apparently there's like even more there. We want to hear the Brook Iceberg. Ooh, y'all. We could be here for a while. So I'll try to give the short version. So um, I grew up very similar to y'all. Like, you know, we've known each other for a long time. And so like homeschooled, very fundamentalist. Um. Like, you know, we were taught that um, the Loch Ness Monster was potentially a dinosaur that survived Noah, that survived the flood. 
Oh, really? Were y'all Wait, taught that? Yeah, I was totally taught was. that. Yeah. I now that you say that, I have a faint memory of hearing that. You I, I never believed something. that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like that was unlocked for me oh, too a little bit ago. Where it's like we were taught things like shit like that. Where it's like the Loch Ness monster was a dinosaur that survived Noah's flood. Right. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> um. So yeah. like so much about everything. Like all of our all of my textbooks were creationists all of my science was and everything i was allowed to read was surveilled and so it was very very controlled like very very controlled and so um when i went to college i didn't go i went to a bible college i went to johnson now university used to be johnson bible college and i didn't go because i thought i want wanted to be a minister because i wouldn't be able to be a minister because i was assigned female at birth but um Oof. i i went because that was what my parents saw as being the safest place for me, like going to a liberal, like quote unquote liberal, like public college wouldn't have been an option, even though I wanted to major in English. Mm. Um, so I went to Johnson, even though I ha didn't want to be a minister and couldn't have, even if I wanted to in our particular, uh, what did you study in bachelor's then in bachelor's? Yeah. I got a, I got a bachelor's in English and in Bible and theology. Cause at Johnson, oh, you double major. Oh, yeah. So okay, you cool. have whatever your major oh, is. Wow. And then you, oh, you also always have to do Bible and theology. Yeah. So you get a Bible and theology degree in gen like that's you always double major. So, okay. yeah. So I got a degree in English and in Bible and theology. Um, and, uh, that was, I was a very interesting four years for me. Um, and I think what was so interesting about it is Johnson, I got to Johnson and Johnson is a pretty conservative, like still very much of the Bible college in many yeah, ways. Yeah, like there, Ozark, Lincoln, yeah. Cincinnati, all share, well, rip Cincinnati, but yeah. all share people. Yeah. I now live down the street from where Cincinnati uh, Bible Oop. College used to be. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I live in Cincy. Yeah. Did so. you have a... Uh, Snell is one of your professors. Yes, I did. Okay, so his son played guitar at the church I went to in Joplin. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. That that uh, makes sense. I did. I had Snell. I had the Z uh, Zees, who I don't know if you there know their name, but they were big at I think CCU and a couple of other places. But I don't know that my father in law actually used to teach at CCU. Um, yeah, he was the, he's a psychi psychologist. And so he taught, um, psychology at That's CCU cool. for really a while cool. while my husband was growing up. Rest um, in peace, CCU. Yeah, it's another school now. Um, some, something else bought the campus and it's just down the street from me. I could almost walk there. Cool. Um, so it's really interesting. Cause you know, like I said, Johnson's pretty conservative. Um, and I went there and realized that the beliefs that I had been raised with were less extreme or I'm sorry, were more extreme. Mm, they, they were more extreme than Johnson's. Than Johnson's. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I got to Johnson and they were very like, like, and, and it depended on the classes, you know, but I took like a, a I took a wisdom books as literature class um, that the professor who passed away really recently, he was awesome. He said something that stuck with me and still does to, to this day, which was if any interpretation of the Bible keeps you from God, like any man-made interpretation of the Bible keeps you from God, it's not worth it. Hmm. I like that. Which at the time was mind blowing. Right. I was like, what? Um, and so he told me like he wasn't a young earth creationist, you know, and there were other mm. other. Uh, it's really interesting how I learned how to interpret the Bible. And in so many ways, it helped me with my deconstruction because understanding like I think you all have talked about this, like how the Bible came to be and 
that it didn't just fall out of the sky, this perfectly created (laughs) book. Right. Um, And so learning about kind of peeking behind the curtain in so many ways was so helpful for me in just figuring out like what I believed. Um, But it was very interesting to go to a very conservative uh, Bible college and still have the beliefs I grew up with be considered fringe. Um, Like, wow. Yeah. Uh, what what did you grow up with, if you don't mind me asking a little bit? Yeah, so some of it was very, like, quiverful um, motivated, which if you... Yeah, define that. Yeah, so quiverful DTR. is related to what y'all talked about on the podcast with Hannah of, like, in part, it's very, um, like, white Christians have to have more babies in order mm. to be able to, you know, compete with the be- the evil in the world right christian dominionism exactly yeah, yeah. and then yeah. it's also based off of that verse which i'm going to quote really imperfectly and i don't know where it is but like uh, i think it's in proverbs where it's like uh blessed is the man who has many children they are like quivers in his uh they're like arrows in his quiver um and so you take that to the extreme and people have a shit ton of kids like so many kids yeah like they think <laughs> they think they need all kinds of kids because yeah, well, like we we're talking about, at, um, oh, in the podcast with Taylor, the the camp that I went to mm-hmm. was literally like brought in some guy to talk about that of like, look at all these uh, these <laughs> Muslims and people in the Middle East having all kinds of kids. Mm-hmm. We're not keeping up. We got to keep up as white Christian Americans. <laughs> Wait, yeah. hold on, how old were you at the time? I was like nine or ten. Yeah. So take that kind of ideology. They were were telling us that, yeah, from a young age. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So take that kind of ideology and and like continue it. Basically, that was a lot. Some of my education and my parents probably would have had more kids, but circumstances like prevented that from happening. Um, You know, and uh, but you know there were families in megachurch who had uh, double digits when it came to kids. I don't know who you're referring to. I just want to say that. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. It's like not even right. subtle anymore. Couldn't be and the executive pastor of the entire church. No, <laughs> no, couldn't no be. Couldn't be. Also, uh, uh, John and I also had to do their premarital counseling, which was oh, oh we did too. Wait, 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 yeah, wait, 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 oh. we did that. Yeah, which whoo, that was interesting because I was pretty, I was very deep into my construction de- deconstruction Ooh, at that point. Yeah, but we wanted to get married in the chapel. Oh, I can't say it in okay. their yeah, chapel. Just chapel. say yeah. it. Just we say wanted to it. get married in their chapel which was very cute and very pretty and so we wanted Mm -hmm. to get married in that um and so we had to go through all the shit and it was interesting um did you like argue with him at all um not openly he and i would write notes to each other (laughs) (laughs) we would write notes to each other like um this is bullshit and we would text each other (laughs) yeah yeah um we would and then we would be driving home and just be like that was fucked <laughs> like oh. that was not the move i always yeah. would drive home in dead silence after those mm. but i had very different circumstances right. <laughs> yeah no michaela and i did that too and we were like we were like we kind of know this stuff already like yeah not, we don't really need this yeah you know that was actually in the premarital counseling courses that they made you do that was one of the first places i started like questioning my gender a little bit because mm-hmm. they did so much for some weird reason about the way that men's and women's brains works. And I was like, 
my brain works like the woman's type that you're showing. Right. <laughs> I don't, my brain does not work like a typical man from what you're saying. So yeah. like, what does that mean? Right. According to all of their ideas about gender, like I'm very masculine. And so yeah. it was like, what are you, this is stupid. <laughs> right. So dumb. So, um, so yeah, so we where I don't remember where I was. I was at Johnson. Oh, you were t- asking me about yeah, yeah, yeah. background, background. Quiverful. Yeah. Yeah. Quiverful Quiverful. Up. Yep. yeah. So very like a lot of that. And if you're not familiar with the quiverful movement, a super fun example is the Duggars. Yes. And, and that turned out great. That turned out super great for everybody involved. Oh, they're a perfect family. Obviously, which by the way, he got s- not as much time as he should have, but he got a lot for a quote unquote first offense. And so I am very happy oh, about that. Good. Yeah. I was following that. Um, oh, yeah. So what was interesting to get Brian Houston, get him, get him. Yeah. Get him. So what was interesting was, um, so the, the Duggars were in a cult called the IBLP, which is the, um, Institute in Biblical Life Principles. Okay. Yes. I have heard of this. Yes. The founder of that is a man called Bill Gothard, who felt like he was qualified to tell everybody how to run their families, despite Mm. not being married and having no children. (laughs) So he was very regressive this sounds like dr dobson (laughs) yeah i mean take he's he's very similar um except honestly he has he they're both the same honestly except he didn't have any kids or a wife because which is fine um but wait what he didn't have he didn't never got married he never had kids he just hit on all of the young women who worked for him oh not dobson this is no 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 well but i mean yeah oh my gosh that's That's a deep dive he's nasty he's a gross human um so they followed him. Well, my family also low key followed him. Now, the reason that we were able to get away with that is because we didn't dress like the Duggars. And so it could kind of be mm. this uh, this the exception thing of like, oh, well, we are not uh, legalistic because we don't have to wear skirts all the time. Yeah. Even though the beliefs I grew up with were very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. I feel like everyone tries to put themselves as not as legalistic as the next guys. Mm-hmm. So they can still be just as legalistic, but they like have someone else to be like, well, we're not them. You right. Know? Cause the purity culture thing that Michaela talked about was super accurate because like you weren't supposed to wear, I used to proselytize to my friends who would wear skinny jeans. I'd be like, you shouldn't really? be wearing skinny jeans because that's immodest and that's wrong because of X, Y, Z. Yeah. So it was, so you know, I didn't wear skirts all the time, um, but that doesn't mean that the beliefs were any better because they weren't. They were very similar um, to the point where. And I may decide that we need to cut this out, but my parents thought that Obama was the Antichrist. Oh, that's just normal. No, I mean, you know, no, it gets worse. We I knew turned, a lot of people that thought that. Yeah, we turned our basement into a rapture shelter. <gasps> oh, so like preserved food, like freeze dried food. We had bags of these big like looking cellophane looking bags that were vacuum sealed. But wouldn't you be taken up in the rapture? Right. It was. So there were two options with this, right? Okay. One <laughs> was because there's post-tribulation and pre-tribulation, oh, so, right? So they just like didn't know which one was going to happen. Didn't necessarily know. <laughs> so they just wanted to be prepared. Yeah. So, right. so yeah, yeah. their idea was things were going to get really, really bad before the rapture and before the end of the world. And so we okay. had to be prepared for that. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and then the other thing was, is after we were raptured, people would be needing supplies. And so when they found our house, they would also be able to survive off of the supplies that we had built up. 
<laughs> Telling you left behind yeah. did not left do behind. a lot of good for society. I read every one of those fucking books Oh, me too. too. Yeah, I read the four kids version. Oh, yeah. I read both because I read everything yeah. I get my hands on. I read the adult See, and I the always, kids. I always dreamed of being... I always dreamed that I would be left behind because like, I think I'm a main character. So like I wanted to be... <laughs> You know, I was like, oh, I'll be left behind. Then I'm going to immediately know what I did wrong. And I'm going to be like the leader that takes them. And uh, and it's like the Christian guy that's like trying to convert everybody during the thousand years. It's of a Christian fanfic. If you read it, it with that like in mind, it's kind of cool. It's not accurate. See, right. I, still, I still thought being on Earth would be better, though. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe maybe that should have clued me in on uh, honestly what my thoughts about heaven were. That's kind of egg energy there, honestly. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. So so yeah. Oh, I just hit the mic with my ring. I'm so sorry. Ah, you know, it's all good. Um, so it was so these really really like regressive beliefs, very misogynistic, very misogynistic. Like the man I used to call my father, who will henceforth be referred to as my father, um, because for lack of a better word, um. He like would bond with my brothers way more because they were his favorites because they were born boys. And um, so I wanted to like I really wanted to bond with him. And so I was like and all what they would do is they would go hunting. So I was like, can you take me hunting? Because I really want to go hunting. Like and I, what I wanted was to spend time with him and for him to acknowledge that I existed. Um, and he told me, no, you can't go hunting until your brother shoots a deer, because if you shoot a deer before him, it'll emasculate him. Huh. Oh. wow so like weird stuff like weird yeah. shit like that yeah. when the first time i cut my hair short he told me that i would look like an ugly feminist and that i would oh. die alone you know like that i would that no man would ever want to marry me with short hair prove me i'm wrong right exactly <laughs> you know and so yes. just like really weird very uh very weird ideology and it was kind of all over the place so i, I while i grew up in mega church and also grew up with these very regressive Duggar-esque LB- IBLP beliefs. Also, my father is a narcissist. And so there was a lot of his ideology that was put onto us. Oh, so sure. that was very cult-like as well. And because we were homeschooled, there was no outside influence um, to be able to counteract that at all. Um, and so, you know, and everything I did was monitored. So he would get, if I was on Facebook and somebody else cursed, he would get a text message alerting oh, really? me alerting him else? that some that a curse word had come up on my computer screen oh. that's some like advanced software yeah yeah, yeah right because he that's did more computers. than just covenant eyes that's exactly like, <laughs> wow. yeah so then he would text wow. me and be like why is such and so why why are curse words coming up on your screen i'm like i literally didn't even see it like i didn't even see it i'm just on the internet just vibing that's creepy it was really fucking creepy it was really weird um so yeah so i get to uh get to college get to bible college Um, And I get through a semester and I started counseling, which this is one of the things that I will say to Johnson's favor is you get free counseling uh, through there because they have people, they have a a master's program in counseling and it's not just pastoral counseling. It's like actually counseling. Love it. um, it. Because they're accredited. And so uh, you could go to count and get counseling for free, which was great. So I availed myself of that because your girl has some issues. (laughs) And, um, and so I went, started going to counseling, but then my second semester of my freshman year didn't take long. I realized I was not straight. Um, and nothing will fast track a deconstruction, like realizing that you're the enemy, (laughs) right? Yes. Like as soon as you are, you are raised to believe that like being queer is a choice and that it's this horrible thing and on all of this. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm the enemy and I didn't choose this. Then 
you have to kind of that's the gray area that gets introduced Big where perspective you, shift yeah you have yeah. to figure out what to do with that and so i've been deconstructing since 2015 um so it's been a journey uh for me but that was kind of that's some of what kicked it off was that first year in college realizing that the beliefs i grew up with were really really fringe um and also realizing that again like i'm the enemy i'm saying that in scare quotes but like i was i'm a queer and it's like okay what do i do with that yeah that that'll definitely kick it off yeah sure for sure yeah so yeah i mean so being queer had a big part to play in that like did you I guess, did, did you did you kind of know all along looking back then, or was it... Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you can look back at your life and be like, oh, yeah, I knew, but I just... Were you forced to repress it, though, I guess? Oh, yeah. And, and the th- I mean, I was forced to repress my sexuality full stop. Like, Oh, with, I mean, even if you know, straight, like, yeah. You yeah, with to, purity culture, sure. with all this other stuff. And so I didn't kiss anybody till I was 18, and it was my college, or it was a boyfriend that I had, like, a guy I dated my senior year of high school, um, and he was my first kiss, and then I went off to college, and it was a long-distance relationship, and so things transpired, and then I was like, oh, I actually have a sexuality, and it was kind of like opening the floodgates at that point, mm. where I realized all this stuff about myself, realized how repressed I had been, and then looked back on my life and was like, oh, a lot of stuff makes sense now. So like me and my best friend used to talk about wanting to be nuns, but uh, not, but like we wanted to not marry men and we wanted to wear leather and be bikers. I'm like, no, we just want to be lesbians. (laughs) Like we just wanted to be lesbians and somebody should have told me that was hella gay. (laughs) We would be like, we're not going to get married. We're going to be nuns, but we're not going to be nuns because like that's lame, but we Mm -hmm. aren't going to marry men and we're just going to be best friends forever. And we're going to wear leather and ride motorcycles. (laughs) Wait, and how old was this? What'd you say? How old? Uh, 12, 13, yeah. probably. And like, I had no idea that that was gay as fuck. Dude, it's like yes. gay in the coolest fucking way possible. Right? Like, I know, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, and, and, and I had no idea. No part of me was like, hmm, maybe this is a sign. I remember like at that age, we were like, oh, that's so gay. You know, you use that as an mm-hmm. insult. But I'm like, that's so gay. I love that. Like, right. that's like gold. <laughs> it's literally like actually really gay. It's actually really yeah. gay. Right. I texted her. I'm still friends with that person mm-hmm. um, who also grew up at Mega Church, by the way, and would be a fun guest. Oop. But um, uh-huh. I texted her about that when I remembered that. And she was like, oh, my God, bless our little hearts. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. of course, like you were talking about, you can't explore that mm-hmm. so of course in your 12 year old mind you, you didn't even have like a a register to know what being gay could even look like because yeah. that wasn't even like a thought that could begin to creep into the subconscious to cross your mind like that yeah. was just the farthest thing you could possibly think it didn't even enter the equation it didn't even yeah. enter my mind yeah so uh i i don't know if you knew this but i've recently signed up to do master's counseling through campbellsville you know i'm really excited for it it's kind of i'm getting like the same vibes from the johnson program Mm -hmm. where they're like they're christian and like most of the professors are christian but it's an accredited program so they don't like teach jesus but they all teach you know it's like this is weird middle ground how did your counselor if you don't mind me asking handle like you telling that to them yeah so what i told them was i was like you know uh this is what i've realized and i've realized some things about growing up and i need to work through this so that i can uh so that i can make it go away oh and she looked at me and said well you know that conversion therapy is illegal in tennessee and i was like yeah 
I'm, I don't know that I'm wanting that. I'm just thinking that if I process it, then I won't have to deal with it anymore. Ooh. She's like, all right, well, we can talk about that, you know, but she was really affirming. <laughs> yeah. Like she That's was, so which was wonderful because she helped me work through like the relationship that I was in, which was ended up not being a good relationship for either of us. And, um, and just figure out, you know, it took a long time for me to go from almost stopping just short of seeking conversion therapy for myself because yeah. that's how afraid I was to being where I'm at now where I'm very like openly queer and um very affirming and even when I w- would have described myself as a Christian you know uh at certain points in that deconstruction I was very like progressive and affirming so it was it was a journey <laughs> to get from that to where I'm at now that's so I'm really glad that you had that person as a counselor mm-hmm. then rather than uh yeah someone who would have pushed you to try to change yourself yeah That's I, good. I Tune feel in really next lucky. week and you can hear <laughs> right yeah I feel really lucky to have uh, to have had that opportunity like I will I will uh you know Johnson has a lot of problems and there are a lot of things that I don't fuck with about Johnson um but their counseling program being accredited was actually a really really big help um and I actually I actually dated a girl at Johnson um which oh that's is tea yeah is that allowed no okay no someone actually began transitioning while at johnson and they were asked to leave really Mm -hmm. yeah um i wasn't friends with them i wasn't in their friend group but i knew them and um and yeah they started transitioning at johnson and were asked to leave can they do that and keep accreditation Mm -hmm. yeah because they don't take any money federally they don't uh, they don't take uh, federal student loans um or public student loans title nine is that um or is that something different no because you sign a code of conduct and it's against the code of conduct right yeah right yep woofy woofy yeah so you were not allowed to transition and like you were not allowed to any of that you were not allowed to date people of the same assigned sex at birth but like how how okay how did you like get meet where where's the underground like queer scene for one we were both english majors so if that tells you anything (laughs) right um no so uh, i was in the underground music scene a bit at johnson and so where like i went to this one venue that closed down but it was literally this trailer in the middle of nowhere it was like a house show um and you know people because there was somebody who i knew also in the english program who was playing there and you know and so you knew people like what you got to know this is very important it was kind of a mix it was um like indie rock was what it was okay. and then mm. uh the person i was there to see would did a more of like a folksy acoustic sort of thing okay okay cool. yeah. yeah um and uh and so that passes the vibe check right right yeah so it <laughs> was love it. it was very interesting um and it was so bizarre because we were we didn't officially call each other like girlfriends or anything like that um, because we were both in denial about it. So like she would say, you know, I know that being gay is wrong and a sin. And so like, you know, I know that that's true, but I still really like you. And I was like, yeah, no, I know. Like I, we can never be together long term because we'll go to hell. But this is fine <laughs> for some reason. Um, so, yeah. So we uh, got away with that for a bit. And then she graduated and then texted me like two months later telling me she got married and it broke my fucking heart. Um, Ooh, yeah. That's fast. Yeah, it yeah, was. Evangelical. And, right. And then she uh, she won't be listening to this because she went hardline Trump supporter, all that fun stuff and unfriended me on Facebook facebook probably three years ago um yeah right yeah okay yeah so i was like all right well you know we all make choices i guess but um 
but yeah, we really didn't keep in touch that much after that. So it was very, uh, very traumatic, very dramatic, which is went like appropriate. Completely different direction. We did. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, the very different directions that we decided to 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 go in. So I hope she's well. Hey, if you're listening to this, um, don't contact me, but I hope you're doing well. <laughs> send, send some vibes out. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't want to talk to you, but I hope that you've, you know, like left. Uh, I hope you've decided to stop being a fascist. <laughs> yes. We are anti-fascist Good. on this podcast. I love yes. that. Um, so, yeah. So after that, all that kind of you're discovering yourself more at Johnson, then what did that do then to your theology and your faith and kind of where did you go from there after having that i mean was that kind of like the biggest crossroads you think or were there other ones that were bigger it was one of the biggest i think and Mm. then it was just kind of a slow learning like i identify with you a lot collier in that you want to know things and you'll reach out and like read things and research and try and just figure out what's going on and so i tried to do that and luckily i had the opportunity to do really genuine academic inquiry Um, not only in English, but also because I was getting a degree in Bible and theology, I wrote a lot of, I just wrote papers on stuff I didn't understand because we had that whole, we had a whole like library, you know, that had all of these biblical sources and, um, translations and all of these Mm. different things. Uh, and I had a lot of friends who were majoring in Greek and majoring in Hebrew and these kinds of things. And so I could have conversations with them. Um, and so it was kind of a slow process of just learning as much as I could, Um, so I went from somebody who I entered, like thinking feminist was a bad word. I'd never met a Christian feminist and my advisor, shout out to Dr. Kalinske, um, fucking love her. Um, she was, was, she encouraged that inquiry. She encouraged me to ask questions and to research. And she kind of opened space where she, like we, I took a, a lit theory class with her and I asked to cover queer theory in the discussion portion. And then we asked her like, what are your thoughts on this? She's like, well, you know, I agree with this because that's what Johnson believes in all of this. Um, so it's difficult for me to see that, but I think it's important to know about. So even though she wasn't affirming, it was still a knowing about this is good and important. That's so good. Which yeah. is wonderful. And so in a lot of ways, just the fact that I was able to, to ask questions and to learn mm-hmm. um, and to ask questions I wouldn't have been allowed to ask growing up helped me. Like the more I learned, the more I deconstructed and the more comfortable I got with who I was as a person. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a slow journey. It was kind of piece by piece because there were a lot, it's really hard to, y'all know it's really hard to let go of something of oh, like definitely. so many things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Learning so about the Bible ruins right. the Bible for you. <laughs> it can absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, and so just, I think just the more I learned, the further along I got in my deconstruction. So, um, it was a very, so that's why people will be like, well, but you just need to listen to the other side. You know, you just need to listen. I'm like, I hear you. <laughs> However, um, I, I'm not somebody who is just going to listen to the the theology or the belief or the ideology that is the first one that happens to cross my path. Yeah, totally. I mean, like what I did a lot to kind of hopefully avoid that, which people will still say that I was listening to one side and wanting a conclusion, but I tried to look at a lot of debates. Like I almost, which I've never liked debates just because of the format. Like I prefer better peaceful conversations, but I looked at all kinds of debates because I was like, you know what? I want to get different sides. You know, I want to get people that are atheists, progressive Christians, whatever debating, 
fundamentalists, other progressive Christians. I just want to see what the best arguments are on each side. Yeah. And yeah, like, I don't know. They, they should know too. Growing up the way we did, I think we've heard the other side. Exactly. A lot. Yeah. Like, we know what the other side is. Yeah. So one of the big moments for me was there was a class I had the opportunity to take called Theology and Human Sexuality, Ooh, which okay. was such a good class. To this day, one of the best classes I think I've ever taken. Um, but of course you had to give a presentation and all of that because it was a class. Um, but somebody got up named Ben McGew. Shout out to Ben. Um, he's awesome. He got up and did this presentation about where he read the Bible in a way to uh, support being queer and to support like being gay, which was probably the first time I had ever heard somebody interpret the Bible in a way that per- that was uh, affirming. And he didn't say like, you know, oh, the Bible is bad and wrong. Like he didn't come at mm-hmm. it that way. He came at it of like talking about the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law and talked about loving people. He used his friend who was gay and was like, this is a human being. And this is what that, you know, why this is important, which was really brave to do in the space that we were in, even yeah. though it was a theology and human sexuality class. It was still a very conservative class. And he and I have talked about this. But at the time, I disagreed with him at the time. I was like, you know, oh, you know, whatever, because I'm struggling with my own shit at that point still. Um, but that was a really important moment for me in my own journey of self-love as well because it's like oh okay there are other kinds of christians who are affirming and um and i've met many christians who are affirming or who are queer themselves which was such a a, just a a paradigm shift for me Mm. that's so cool too yeah i remember the first time that i like saw christians arguing uh for christian affirming theology and not from a place of, oh, we can disregard a lot of the Bible because, you know, context or giving some kind of flimsy excuses. But I, I heard some people like arguing it from a very, very strong standpoint of like, no, the Bible is not, not pro gay. Like the Bible is pro queer theology. Like it's, and they were reading it in a way that wasn't trying to just dumb the Bible down. It was like, no, let's take the Bible and all that it says, look at all these verses. Like it's very, very pro this way. And you can definitely read it in a way that that is very prevalent. Yeah. Which, yeah, I never thought that before because I, I thought to be an affirming Christian, you would just have to like look away from certain verses, mm-hmm. you know, which I was doing. Like I was, I was fine with that. I was like, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, I'll look away from some of these verses. But then when I heard that you could actually like really embody the whole Bible and be affirming, that's, that was a whole crazy paradigm shift for me too. Yeah. yeah. And it's so cool too, because it's one of those things where that can aid you in, deconstructing it can aid you in your journey no matter where you end up so in any case whether you remain a christian whether you hold on to that or whether you keep moving forward and you do something like wherever you end up with that have having those conversations and being able to see the bible that way is harm reduction for so many Mm, people and so many people who are christian or not or grew up christian or and and identify as queer so you're speaking about where you ended up mm-hmm. and you definitely feel like to us that you're not having any type of internal struggle with who you are now. You're d- giving off very confident, aware vibes of who Brooke is. How'd you get there? How'd you do it? What's your secret, man? <laughs> Honestly, conversations like this and podcasts like this and listening to people and 
hearing people's stories. Um, it's not something that can happen. I don't know. I'm not going to say that. Um, it's something that can happen very quickly. It can also be something that takes a lot of time. And, um, and I, I, I'm trying to put my thoughts together in a productive, helpful way. No, it's totally okay. Because (laughs) like Collier and I happen in very different circumstances. Mm -hmm. Like you happen in a a little, a, a, a lot longer of a time period. Mine probably did. Yeah. In a way. I, I think I was. This is more yeah. gradual. Yeah, cause, well, because mine was really gradual. Because I would say that I was deconstructing from an early age because I was constantly questioning theology. And yeah. for my story, I was like, yeah. So it happened slowly in the way that I was constantly deconstructing parts of theology, but there was always like questions that I knew were off topic. So then, yes. when, when when I brought those questions to the table, though, that used to be off topic, then it was like fast. It was like a month, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, whoop, yeah. it's good, it's gone. Everything, right? Everything happened really fast once I like brought those questions. But yeah, for a lot of the small questions, oh, I totally, yeah, it took a long time, mm-hmm. very long time. I, I I can I can somewhat agree with you there because it it felt like I had a lot of responsibilities to like my spouse at the time, and you know they teach you that you're married to the church at the time you're oh, married, yeah. you know the bride of Christ. And like, I have all of these responsibilities and if I choose to like burst the floodgates and let all of this happen, then I am, you know, neglecting what I have already committed to do. Mm-hmm. But when those things got, uh, one, I chose to take away and the other one just was taken away from me. I was like, well, what I, you know, I have no reason not to go down this path and everything since then has just kind of been, you know, consequence of what I learned at uh, directionally influenced mega church, what I learned at Ozark Christian college. And then the things I've kind of just picked up from personal experience. So it happened in like six months flat, but the tools have been set in peace slowly. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. I love that. Like for both of you, I'm, and I've loved hearing about your journeys. I just think that's awesome. So I, I like, I'm glad that I come off as being very confident. I'm confident in who I am, but at the same time in the spirit of the podcast, I'm, I'm still learning. Like I'm still open to growing and learning and hearing other people's stories, hearing other people's perspectives. Um, and that's, I think, you know, one of my favorite parts of just existing and being a person is getting to hear people's stories. So I know you would probably say you're ex-evangelical. Where do you land with like scripture and your relation and if, and is there a relationship with God? If you had to put into terms, just like, I I, I want to gauge you. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, I think that I see the Bible as any other historical book where it's, it's a book that was written by people who are trying to make sense of the world around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I don't think that it's divinely inspired. I don't think that it's this magical book that is going to tell you everything about how to live your life. I think it's a piece of, it's a history. It's, it's this very specific history for a very specific group of people who interpreted the world around them in a way that made sense to them. Um, I do fuck with Jesus. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I think a lot of his teachings, if you really look at them, were a lot more progressive than evangelicalism makes them out to be. Yeah. Um, and I like him as a spiritual teacher, but the question of his divinity to me is an irrelevant one. Um, that's so wild to me because that's been like hardwired into my mm-hmm. brain. It's like, if Jesus wasn't divine, none of this matters. If Jesus wasn't divine, none of this matters. Yeah. But like Tom brought it up on his podcast. Mm-hmm. He's like, 
oh, it doesn't really matter if Jesus was God or not. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck are you yeah. saying? Right. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. That's where I'm at too. I'm yeah. like, I think that Jesus had some teachings that, you know, were really good. I think that he had some teachings that were really beneficial and that would be, would improve people's lives. I also think that he was a person who existed at a very specific point in time mm-hmm. whose words have been interpreted 16 however many times lots and lots of times um and then continue to be interpreted by the people who read them even now in english and so um and so for me it doesn't really matter if he's divine or not i think that he has some things that make sense and some things that don't translate to our modern era and um i think that the way that i would describe my faith or my spirituality whatever that looks like is uh love people like love people Mm. you know Love and ironically, it's the greatest commandment of love others the way you love yourself, which yeah. means take care of yourself, love yourself. You cannot pour from an empty, empty vessel and then take that to to be there and support the people around you, especially the people who um, are also there to support you. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think so many of Jesus's teachings, especially some of just the small phrases like that, like the greatest commandment. A lot of those can be, especially if you translate them in even more modern English, like a modern American English, they can have like very, very impactful uh, ways on how we live our life currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like that too. That's cool. You know, maybe I- I'm kind of there with you too. Like, I-, I think it doesn't necessarily matter about his divinity and like, mm-hmm. I I mean, I-, I don't really believe he was divine, but like, I can see now how you can be a Christian and not really care about that. Also, as you were talking, though, it kind of reminded me, I, f- I can say I follow Jesus in the way that I follow his teachings, you know, not, not necessarily worshiping him, but I think Jesus might have resurrected in the Trinity of uh, LeVar Burton, Bob Ross, and Mr. Rogers, and, <laughs> yes. you know, and like, so the same type of teachings, I was like, where the <laughs> fuck is he going with this right now? <laughs> But the same type of teachings <laughs> that Jesus taught, they were teaching, you know? And, like, maybe they were all Christians. I'm not sure. I, I know at least some of them were. Um, but, but you know, th- those guys kind of had some very similar ways. that They taught about loving people. They taught mm-hmm. about inclusion. They taught about treating your neighbor with kindness. And I think those are things that if Jesus was to be in the modern day on TV, he would be Happy one of those guys. <laughs> little train. Yeah, yeah. there's a book that I, um, you may already be familiar with this, but um, I'm not, I don't think I can pronounce this, but Adyashanti is the author and it's called Resurrecting Jesus, Embodying the Spirit of a Revolutionary Mystic. Ooh. Mm. I've not heard of that. And so it's essentially taking a mystical interpretation of Christ's life as being a metaphor for enlightenment. And which is so interesting to me where it's like, taking Jesus and the things that he went through and the things that he taught as a revolutionary mystical figure and applying those in a way that enriches your life and the lives of those people around you and less of the very exclusionary sort of, if you don't believe this way, then you're wrong. Um, Cause I feel like that's where a lot of it breaks down. And that's where sometimes I, I had a friend who passed away recently where I was talking to them about, um, you know, I was like, oh, at that time I was like, oh, I, I think I identify as a progressive Christian because this is what like works with me. And they looked at me and asked, OK, but why? Why that? Why do you believe that? Is it just because it's comfortable? Is it just because it's mm. what you know? Mm. And I was like, that's a really good question. I don't know. And in some ways I still don't know because 
there's I think there's so I think you can find truth in so many places if you look for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and so there are some things about Jesus that, yeah, I find comforting because they're part of the way that I grew up. Um, but I there's also so many things about scripture and about Christianity that are harmful enough for me to not want to identify with them. Totally. You know, and so it's kind of I'm in this weird little kind of weird gray area of like, I want to love people and I want to take care of people and I want to like be there for people. I want to as much as I possibly can be within reason and I want to make a difference in the world. But it's not because I want to make everybody believe in a certain particular way. It's because I think that there is a lot of wisdom in the world and it comes from a lot of different places. And Jesus is one of the many places wisdom can come from. I think a lot of the issues that I've had with Christianity have not been Christianity from like a a biblical perspective, but more of like the way that modern Christians are interpreting that to fit their own whim and will, especially with like the quiverful stuff, the political stuff, you know, the, anti-queer LGBT stuff. I mean, like they, it's, it, it's like inductive versus deductive reasoning. So like, okay, this is bad. I'm going to make the Bible fit this context. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it say this, which is kind of what they've been teaching the whole time against. So it kind of like smacks it in the face. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Every single thing that you engage with, you interpret. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Everything is subjective in that way. And so you can choose to interpret the world around you in a way that harms others or a way that helps others. And a lot of Christians decided to interpret the Bible in a way to inflict a lot of harm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And which I I give, you know, empathy and a little bit of a um, just understanding to some of the Christians who don't realize that. Um, and you know, have been taught their whole life that this, you know, they have to believe the Bible and a lot of fear-based tactics mm-hmm. are like, if you don't believe these certain things that most people probably know in their gut and in their bones are wrong, like being homophobic, you know, like not accepting people, like thinking that the majority of the world is going to die, like things that are harmful. Um, I think that most people probably know those are wrong instinctually, but they've been like so taught, oh, you're not truly following Jesus if you think these things are correct. Or if you don't think what I'm saying as the pastor on stage is correct, then you might need to question your salvation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's such a ridiculous and I mean, a harmful way to view it. So I give like understanding definitely for a lot of people uh, that are in that zone, you know, and they, they might, I mean, they're scared for their eternal soul. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get that. But I would also, yeah, I encourage you to listen to other people too, yeah. <laughs> if you're in that way. Um, am I the only one who had nightmares about me and my friends going to hell when I was growing up? Ooh. I, you know, I would like think about hell a lot. I, I could never quite wrap my mind around it though, because you know, the thing is I can only experience life as a human in a human body and the human body, um, adapts and we get used to things. So I could not conceive the concept of, eternal suffering because i'm like oh well you know they're gonna torture me this way but like i'll get used to it after a while (laughs) you know like i love that so much like and it wasn't even i was trying to make light of it Mm -hmm. i I was trying i was actively trying to make myself believe in hell Mm -hmm. and believe it was going to be bad but i kind of never really thought it was going to be all that bad because i was like it can't last that long yeah (laughs) what is it gonna be you know they're gonna torture me for millennium and like i mean they're gonna run out of stuff eventually (laughs) My interpretation of hell came from an Adventures in Odyssey. 
Oh, no. So, there's an episode where, like, Eugene accidentally loads up this hell program into the imagination <laughs> station. Oh, my he, God. Also, what the fuck were they doing? That's in horrible. And he comes so, out. Eugene and he's should like, be fired. Somebody needs to sue Eugene for that. <laughs> yeah. And he comes out and he's like, it was this really dark place. And it was cold, and all the breath and life that come from the sun was gone. And I could hear people, but I wasn't near them. And all the goodness of God was gone. I see oh. Eugene has met my father. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so so was Eugene in the imagination station by himself, or what? Or did he put kids in there? No, no, he was by himself. Oh, like, okay. I was thinking he meant that he like loaded no, it no, up no, for no, some no. kids. He accidentally like loaded up. We're gonna take some kids out. to hell, well, y'all. That's not as bad. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if he was like loading up like Bible stories or something, but like <laughs> it. it it, I, if I remember the context of the episode, it was like, oh, where is your soul going to end up? Oh, and no. you, it was before he was a Christian. And he comes in and comes out. It's like, oh, no, I better do something about this. <laughs> and he even like, became so a funny. Christian a couple episodes later. That's so, that is batshit. I know. And so that's where my theology of hell came from. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I like would stay up and have nightmares as a kid about going to hell and also about my friends going to hell. Cause I had so yeah. much guilt if I didn't proselytize to every single person that I met that if they went to hell, it was my fault because I didn't take that opportunity. God, yeah. Cause I mean, they would tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Was that, when do you think, do you remember when you stopped thinking that? I asked a question that I think you all have asked maybe in different words. Um, I realized that God cannot be both all powerful and all, he cannot be all powerful and all knowing and good. Mm, Yeah. Those three things cannot coexist. He can be good and all powerful. Yeah. He can be good and all knowing, but he can't be both and be good. Yeah. And I was like, uh, an all knowing, all powerful God who is capricious enough to design a, a torture afterlife is a not a god i want to fuck with even if that is the one who we're talking about and b i there's no reason for me to believe in that or to worship him for that because it's a rigged system it's a totally rigged Mm -hmm. system it's like i don't owe you praise and thanks and glory for creating me which is something i had no control over and no say in and then you're gonna tell me that i have one of two choices but and if i choose one of the two um, then I'm going to go to eternal torment, but you're going to pretend that I have free will and have choice. Uh, yeah. Kills it. I know. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like Which, yeah. that's not logical. That doesn't make any sense. It's not at all. And if that was the case, um, then God's a villain in this story. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That's something that's, it's, it's kind of fun to read some Bible stories with God as a villain. And then you're like, Put humans as the as the protagonist, and even Satan as like the a benefactor of humanity. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes sense in a way. The whole Adam and Eve, the whole fruit story does, the whole Tower of Babel story does. Yeah. Like a lot of that kind of makes sense. That oh, it's actually like it's like the Greek Greek myths and God's more like Hades rather than like a well, Zeus is also a dick. So I don't yeah. I don't know. They're but all that, horrible. But that there. be speak <laughs> that like speaks of the culture, which is that these are the this is the God in which uh, that I can conceive of. Yeah. You know, like the, the, it's, he's very similar to gods that humans came up with back in the ancient sure. times, in the ancient Near East, in Greece, and all of these other places. Like, he's not that dissimilar. And Christians, a lot of Christians like to pretend he is. 
that he's super, super different. It's like, no, Jesus is super different. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's like talking yeah. about that theory where like Baal and Yahweh were like in the same pantheon of like Zoroastrian uh-huh. theology. Yeah. And then Ashra like they were how, yeah. like a breakaway sect mm-hmm. from, you know. You yeah. know, I took a, uh, there was one of the classes I took in college that actually had us read a book on Oh, I'm blanking on the word, man. Okay, I just completely blanked on the word. But it was a type of theology where they were dis- um, explicitly describing those circumstances in which, like, the stories of what Christians call the Old Testament were very, very similar to Babylonian myths and to other ancient Near Eastern, like Mesopotamian myths and religions and folklore. And um, the book was trying to say that, I guess... I think maybe that the writers and I guess God who was, you know, inspiring the writers was intentionally using things that were, uh, that made sense to the surrounding nations. And that's why they were similar. But when I read that, I was like, it seems kind of like they all just borrowed from each other. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little <laughs> sus, bro. A little, I mean, <laughs> if you take Occam's razor, you know, the simplest right. explanation is the best one. Then is it more plausible that like a divine deity had to borrow from other religions in order to adequately make himself known? Or is it more plausible that all these people knew each other and bumped into each other and shared stories and then wrote down very similar stories? Right. Um, Yeah. Like there's so many, it is. I like the Occam's razor comparison because there's so many plausible explanations for so many things. And You know, and the thing is, is like, if you want to have a relationship with a deity, oh, first of all, depending on how you, what interpretation you're reading or what, you know, whatever, um, Mm -hmm. God himself says that he's not the only God. He just says he's the most powerful. True. I mean, the first three commandments saying like, don't worship any other gods. I am the Lord, your God. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, um, the other thing that's super interesting is I, I, I want to check this book out from the library. I haven't read it yet, but, um, there's a podcast that I listen to as well called Leaving Eden, where uh, one of the hosts is Jewish. And he mm. talks about how so much of the way Christians talk about like the Torah and talk about God and these different things is uh, super anti-Semitic for one. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh! And also super inaccurate because uh, Jewish people don't have a concept of hell. Like they don't mm. believe it's in a hell. Ju- it's, it's that's that's a whole topic. Yeah, I, I've I've. Watched a lot of um, watched some scholars and a lot of rabbis talk about that too. There's a lot of the places in which Paul quotes the Torah in his writings. That there's a couple of places where he's straight up just misinterpreting it and like, and even like, yeah, just misapplying what the original text was and trying to fit his narrative. And then even the gospel writers too, like some of the discrepancies in the gospels. Like for example, I like bringing up the one where uh, in the triumphal entry, Jesus. I think it's in Matthew. Matthew has Jesus like straddling two separate animals, like a calf and a foal or like a a donkey and a calf or it's two separate animals because he's misinterpreting what he thought was a prophecy in Isaiah. Whereas like the, the rabbi that I was listening to, he was like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Like Matthew is literally just the author of Matthew is taking this verse, misinterpreting it because he's a Greek speaking non-jew you know who was a convert who was a gentile freaking non-jew and he messed up the scripture you know he was <laughs> yeah. trying to say that he fulfilled prophecy and that's why he has this ridiculous thing of jesus writing in on somehow two donkeys at the same time that's wow and and this is supposedly an eyewitness thing that where is yeah. it right wow i've well, not heard that that's so interesting in a separate book it's either luke or 
Mark or one of the other books, he's only writing in on one. So it's like, first right. of all, that there's a contradiction. And second of all, one of the reasons there's a contradiction is because of a misinterpretation of the Torah. Yeah. So how did, how did Judas die? Yeah. I Yeah. I remember y'all bringing that up. I was like, oh yeah, that's super true because I think it was explained to me in the way that he, uh, like hung himself in the tree and, and then, then fell. fell. Like, then the rope snapped. And like, so. <laughs> Onto a sword. Yeah. Yeah. Onto a sword. Yeah. So right. it's. So weird. And, and again, like you can believe all of these, you can take a good approach to the Bible as a critical historical text and even believe that it's saying truth about a true God who you believe is Yahweh, is Jehovah. And you can believe all that. Jehovah's not still, a word collier. And still recognize this. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is I, I have no, no issue with anybody who is Christian, anybody who like, believes the Bible to be God breathed and literal and interpreted that way. And who like follows Jesus. And I, I have no issue with that where I have an issue is where those people decide that they get to tell everybody else what to do and everybody else how to live their life and negatively impacts people like my trans friends who, yeah. you know, where, where those kinds of beliefs and ideologies by some people. And again, not by all Christians for like at all, but where it's those kinds of ideologies cause real harm, like real and true harm. That's where, that's where I get really, uh, I get heated about that. Definitely. Like, I don't know if you know offhand the statistic of how much, what, like what percentage less likely a, a trans kid is to commit suicide when they have at least one accepting adult in their life. It's a high um, statistic. It's a very high statistic. Like it, it drastically bumps the number of like, like suicide from like a very high chance to a very low chance. If there's only one accepting um, parent or like guardian figure in their life that accepts them. And like, even if you believe that that's like not God's plan or something, it's still better to be fully accepting and fully affirming because it's harm reduction. Like, is it better for someone to have to make the choice to try to take their own life because of like what you are doing to this person? Or is it better to, like, it's just, the thing is, with a lot of the stuff, even similar to with, like, what you think about women and if women are allowed to preach, I'm like, if this stuff reduces harm, then I'm sure if God is who you say he is and he's a good guy, then he's going to understand why we voted for harm reduction over our possible interpretation of his word, you know? Yeah. Like, if you really believe that you have the number one, only ultimate capital T truth, why are you so afraid of people who ask questions? Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, trans and non-binary youth who reported gender identity acceptance from at least one adult had 33% lower odds of reporting a past year suicide attempt. Mm, that's big. Very big. Yeah. Like literally a third. It like bumps yeah. it up by one third. That's insane. Yeah. And with adults, cause this is from the Trevor project. Cause I cite my oh, sources. Yeah. I like there to do go. that. Um, this is from the Trevor project and that's what that says. And, um, I, the Trevor project also says that, um, uh, that trans and non-binary youth are generally two to two and a half times as likely to uh, experience depressive symptoms and consider suicide compared to their cis peers. And, uh, and I believe it's on the Trevor project and I can find this so y'all can put it in the notes if you want. But, um, if people, uh, adults have at least have everybody around them supporting them and not even supporting them, but just using their pronouns and their name, yeah. then they're 75% less likely to attempt suicide. 
Wow. Just using wow. pronouns. Yeah. So if you like want to tell me that not using pronouns is your right because you don't believe like whatever, um, that's fine. But you don't get to call yourself pro-life. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Like that's a hot take. I know. I like and I stick take. by it. That's a good hot take. I stick yes. by it. If you don't use trans people's pronouns um, and if you don't use their name because of your beliefs, then you don't get to call yourself pro-life because you're not. Mm-mm. And it's not even just, this isn't even like just metaphor or anecdote. This is like literal statistics that have been proven time and time again. Like yeah. you are actively harming people, actively killing people in a way if you are not respecting people. So, mm-hmm. and it's super you're not easy. Life. Yeah. It's very easy. My, it's very easy. And, and I'm like, and if you call yourself a Christian, God's pronouns are I am. They <laughs> never. They never say themselves that they are a pronoun. They say I am and they're fucking three people. So like, yeah. It's <laughs> so something I like to say a lot and like to tell people who like talk about this is that um, the existent intersex people are uh, the same are, are equally as likely to exist as redheads. Really? Yes. OK. See, I knew it was more common than like than you would normally think but yeah. yeah that's that's pretty common yeah i knew it was common. a really common disorder where like people were born like genetically male but they didn't have enough like hormones in their body for the like the female parts to become male mm-hmm. and so like they there are a lot of women who end up being barren find that out genetically and it's like a whole crazy thing yeah and it happens so often and so the thing is is that's awesome and wonderful and fine like people are you know valid and but the thing is is you can't tell me god created male and female when there is a significant portion of the population who are both or neither not not even talking about gender talking about genitalia talking about chromosomes all these things that conservatives like to trot out and say oh but what what chromosomes do you have i'm like do you fucking know your chromosomes my guy because they may not be what you think (laughs) oh for real and the the thing is with with people that are biblical literists and try to say that it's God's plan and try to say that, you know, God forms you in the womb. God is intimately involved in all that. And that's why they're pro-life. And that's why they like believe in the binary genders and sex and stuff is the same. Even they might try to say that it's fringe, which you just said that it's not really it's the same probability that you'll be a redhead. Um, but even if there is just one intersex person that completely disproves mm-hmm. their philosophy of God, yeah, because Therefore, according to their theology, God made a, a mistake in their mm-hmm. minds. And if he makes even one mistake, then he can't hold up to the box they put him what in. What did you yeah. say earlier? When so. soon as some gray gets introduced yeah. to your black and white worldview at all. Right. Because then apart. the question is like, why is it so important to you? And the reason is because of control. It's yeah, it's definitely power, but it's all about power and control because yeah. otherwise it wouldn't be that important. I will say one thing. So I've, I've been I've been getting I've been going more into um, listening to some fun progressive Christian podcasts just because I like to, I've been diving more into that now that I'm more comfortable in where I am, I guess, uh, in my faith. And what it's, faith? Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, <Coming> anyway, in <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know which podcast I heard this on, but they were talking about um, like a, I think a non-binary God maybe, or, mm-hmm. or a non-binary like view of, of theology. Um, this is the coolest metaphor I've ever heard. So they like to say God created male and female in the Genesis story. God created the first thing he creates is day and night and separates the day from the night. 
but fucking dawn and dusk exist. So God created day and night in that same language. God created everything in between. Mm -hmm. God created, you know, um, birds of the air and fish of the sea, but he also created everything else. He created amphibians. Yeah. You know, so Genesis says he created these two like ends of a spectrum or these two specific points. And it uses the exact same language when he says he created male and female. So he created male and female, just like he created sun and moon, or just like he created day and night. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool, you know, as someone that's like, I am gender nonconforming, I guess. I don't know what labels I want to put on it, but it's pretty fucking cool that I can say like, yeah, well, I exist in the in the dawn and the dusk then. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, a lot more room you have with that interpretation of Genesis to be completely valid. And like I was saying earlier, not only turn your eye to what the Bible says in order to be affirming, but to be very, very pro affirming. Like you can make an argument that that is like the most Christian position Mm -hmm. is to be completely affirming and to think that God directly endorses it. Yeah. That God, that there's so much like Christians, a lot of the time will talk about, Oh, God's so creative. God did this. He designed this. He created this. It's like, okay, then why do you want to put people in boxes? People are so complicated and dynamic and interesting Mm -hmm. and, and, so why are you so bound to this specific idea of what people have to be? Yeah. Like God had to, God had to like color inside the lines. Like what? he's yeah. God. Why would he have to color he colored inside outside the lines? the lines in every other way, except with people. He said this and this. Yeah, that's exactly. it. Um, yeah. And, and so it's, it's very frustrating and I like to have conversations about this. I really do. I will I will fully admit that I am definitely more fired up about it now because my friend who just passed away um in March, which was right before we went to the concert, um they were uh gender nonconforming and uh committed suicide this year. Oh, um wow. and went through conversion therapy at mega church and was not accepted by people at mega church and associated with it. And so, you know, it's like it's it's very real for me in my life yeah be, that these ideas and these ideologies cause harm and if you're not meaning to cause harm that's awesome you need to understand that you still are still are yeah they're not just opinions they yeah. are very very tangible harm that they cause right um and you know and so it's it's one of those things where it's tough to like it's so i feel like it's so important to talk about because i'm not wanting to draw lines in the sand because I know everybody I've said some stuff I'm not proud of when I was deconstructing. Like I've like Mm -hmm. said things that I'm have made, tried like made amends for and in that, you know, and so I think everybody's on their own journey, but um, I just get really frustrated when people say, well, but I don't support your lifestyle. I don't support that lifestyle. um, But I love you. It's like, yeah, but you don't, you're, if you say that to me, you're so not understanding that how harmful that is. Um, and the damage that that can cause and people literally die because of ideologies like that, because they, uh, have been made to feel less than their whole lives. So it's like, let's not, let's just not do that. (laughs) I think there's a big difference between like supporting and understanding because like my, my parents often are like, Hey, like I don't fully understand what you're going through. But they're also very, very supportive of like my independence coming out of like my time of crisis. And, you know, while they may not agree with like every single individual decision I choose to make with my life, 
they are still my parents and they love me very much. So I'm very thankful. Yeah, absolutely. And I, again, I don't mean to, I don't want to paint anybody with too broad a brush, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it is important to acknowledge that saying something like that and saying, especially words that are kind of, they're kind of dog whistles. Like, well, I don't support your lifestyle. I'm like, um, I'm married to a cishet dude. Like what lifestyle? <laughs> I'm a, I'm a literally yeah. a professional nerd. So you just even saying that to me is already like, really you're not, you're is, is already, you're not understanding the problem here. As yeah. it feels different to me than like, Hey, let's have a conversation about mm, this. Yeah, definitely. They're just wanting to write you off for the black or white yeah. rather than like come to understand yeah. you as a, beautiful rainbow gray in between that everyone is right and the thing is is you can disagree with me you can say i don't support your lifestyle i love you as a person and that's super fine but my boundary is i'm not going to be in close relationship with you boom yeah that's so good um well if this conversation's had any indication um I think we'll definitely want you to have to want to have you back on this podcast <laughs> to definitely talk about more. But if you could, if you want to, I guess what's uh, some advice or last notes or kind of things to wrap up? Like, what, what would you want to say? Uh, first of all, I want to say that if you are feeling like maybe you may be queer or gender nonconforming or questioning and you're have questions and you want like a safe non-judgmental space i would love for you to reach out to me because i um get that like i've been through that i have a lot of friends who have been through that and i have resources i can connect you plug with. yourself where can they find you at? yeah so i'm on instagram as something <laughs> i don't use instagram a ton to post but i do check my dms so um i am bb underscore elizabeth underscore 17 um, my name on there is Brooke Bowling Spears. Boom. Um, so yeah, so please feel free to reach out to me because like, I know how hard it can be to question stuff like that when you feel like you can't or shouldn't, or you're just afraid and want to talk through it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. The other thing I would say is, you know, if, if you're, you only have one life and if you are spending it afraid and hateful, don't do that. Like do things that bring you joy. There's so much joy in the world and there's so much positivity and there's so many wonderful people. So don't put yourself into such a close box that you aren't able to see people in all of their beauty and complexity. I love that. That'll preach. You can preach a whole sermon (laughs) right there on that. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I guess I would just say hopefully wander. Hopefully. (laughs) All right, guys. What have you been listening to lately? Music wise, you can shout out someone new or something that's just been like, you know, what, what? Yeah. Look at, look at that most recently saved. I've got, I've got, I've got to go ahead and shout out a song that came out today, 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 fresh off the press, fresh off the press. <laughs> Guys, I know I've already talked about it before, but James and the shame released their next single today. Mm-hmm. Taylor and I listened to it in the car. <coughs> it's about Rhett McLaughlin dragging his wife through his deconstruction process as a country song. <laughs> I love that. And she sings on it. That's awesome. Absolutely beautiful. 
That's so good. Uh, I can go next. I don't know, man. Well, I I'll shout out uh, Meglo's new EP. <laughs> oh, y'all have an EP? Yeah, hell it's yeah. Something else. We dropped, we dropped an EP you. today. Hell yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, so look it up. Summer of Meglo. Meglo music. It's Collier and I staring into each other's eyes romantically with a microphone in between us. That the is cover. the cover. That is legitimately the cover. I love that so much. <laughs> also, I had the worst haircut for that, but it's fine. <laughs> it is the total back of my head. Oh, we've all had we've all had regrets with hair. Yeah. Um, you know, I have listened to a whole bunch of random shit. Obviously, Semler is always mm, fire. Yes, Fucking love yes. Semler. Um, I've been listening to VBS by Lucy Dacus because oh, I gotta say that. Oh, that song is okay. a bop. So good. Mm. Um, one of my, f- a couple of my favorite deconstruction songs. One is God is a Freak by Peach PRC. Yeah. 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 Love that. Love that song so much. Um, and also, um, let's see. Got me getting nasty, bro. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's a good song. Um, yeah. So, I mean, those are some of my favorites. My go-to is always Rainbow Kitten Surprise. It's my favorite band of all time. <laughs> have y'all listened to Rainbow Kitten good. Surprise? I, I have. Yeah. I've listened Fucking to them. love RKS. Yeah. I feel like they were, I feel like they were maybe at Forecastle or something when I went one year and I just, I wasn't able to see them though. Mm-hmm. They were in Cincy recently. I saw them. Cocaine Jesus? Cocaine Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, I love them. Their lead singer is trans and their bassist is gender nonconforming and everybody is fucking amazing. I've seen them in person twice. It would have been a third time, but COVID. Um, But love Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Uh, I have no idea why they're called that, but the music slaps. (laughs) (laughs) It is good. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you all so much for having me. We'll finish up this audition. We'll review the footage and we'll see how you do. I mean, we'll give you a call back. Yeah. Uh, all right. See. Sounds good. We, I'll we, be cool. I'm we have cool. A con- another podcast we, we talk to sometimes called, what is it? The doctor and lawyer podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. How many hosts do they have? They have at least four. I think they have five. Do they have five now? I think they have five. Oh yeah. The podcast is called a doctor and a lawyer podcast well it started with two but there's five hosts i love that that's That's a good one they talk about pop culture media some nerdy shit and they watch through marvel and obi-wan kenobi yes obi-wan kenobi (laughs) yeah check them out too they're good i love that so much that's super fun um i also want to shout out um really quickly there is a suicide prevention walk in louisville in november um so i will be there so um definitely look that up i'm walking in memory of my best friend who passed so definitely check that out I think it's called a walk out of the darkness, um, if I'm remembering that correctly. So, yeah. Okay, so November in Louisville. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Go live it. Go be it. (laughs) See ya. Bye.